1: Come on, side, 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 <laughs> side, on the track. Come on, side. <laughs> Come on, side. <laughs> Come on, son. Come on son, the podcast is in full effect again, overseen by Combat Jack. Hi everybody, it's me, it's Ed. How are you? Hope you're having a good week, because so far, my week has been fantastic. And later on in this podcast, I'm going to tell you what happened to me last week when I was in New York. See, travel has now become a part of my daily life because, not daily life, but I would say monthly, I travel a lot. Uh, because, you know, I'm in Chicago doing my radio show and I still live in Atlanta with the family. And I'm back and forth to Atlanta, back and forth to Chicago, back and forth into New York. Um, it seems like I'm always in an airport. And it's just become like a regular part of my life. I traveled from Chicago to New York City. Um, going was really, really easy. Coming back, not so much. So I leave my brother's house. My brother lives in uh, Long Island and Valley Stream. I leave my brother's house and I'm on my way back to my mother's house. I got my mother's car because, you know, renting a car can be a little expensive. And if you don't have to, you shouldn't. Let me tell you a little bit of background on my mom. My mom is 81 years old now. She still lives in the same house in Queens, New York I grew that I grew up in. Okay, so... My mother, you know, you get 81, things start breaking down and her peripheral vision is not so good as it used to be. So she has to wear these glasses and she doesn't see well at night. So most of the time, her car just sits there. My niece stays there, but my niece has her own car. My sister doesn't even live near my mom anywhere. My sister lives all the way out in Rockaway Beach. And um, growing up in Queens for me was different. So my mother's car, it's right there in front of the house. What I remember the most about Queens is it was a really, really beautiful suburban borough. I mean, it really was, y'all. Coming from where I come from in Brooklyn, growing up in Bedford-Stuyvesant and in Brownsville, and then you move to Queens, it's damn near like you went to heaven. It's like, it was like paradise in the in the early 70s. And I get off this plane. In John F. Kennedy Airport, which lands, that's in Queens, for those of y'all not familiar with New York. Um, And I get an Uber. And I'm surprised that the Uber costs so freaking much to go from JFK to my mom's house. It's not that far. I get in the Uber. I brush it off. You know, I got to expense this shit. So whatever it is, it is, right? I'm going to expense it. I get in the Uber. I'm going down. I get on the parkway. Get off on Springfield Boulevard. And I have to go down Springfield. And as soon as I make the left on Springfield Boulevard, my stomach. Oh, it just got, I just got an upset stomach, y'all. Because it doesn't look the way I remember it looking. It's nasty. It's dirty. And it looked like old Brooklyn. That's what it looked like to me. The worst part of old Brooklyn is what it looked like. There's litter all over the place. People not really caring about the upkeep of their houses anymore. Is dilapidated looking. People got old cars parked in front of that, and, and you know, in their front yard, y'all. This stuff would never ever happen when I was growing up. When I grew up in Queens, Queens, like I said, was a paradise. Like I used to get at my cousins that lived in the Bronx. I used to get at my cousins that lived in Harlem. I used to talk crap to my cousins that lived in Brooklyn. I used to be like, man, y'all live in concrete jungle. Come out here where the grass is green, the air is fresh, there's there's kids playing on the block. You know, you ain't got to go to the park to play basketball. It's not a concrete jungle. It was a suburban paradise because Queens is considered part of Long Island. You go over there and look at it now, it, it doesn't look the same. I just don't think people care about where they live at anymore. And it looks like the hood, and Queens never looked like the hood. All this stuff, if y'all familiar with DJ Clue, uh, he's from Queens. Envy is from Queens. All of this Desert Storm, Shadyville, Queens Village, all of that, man, was just bravado and BS because we knew that we grew up in middle-class America. We know that without the shadow of a doubt, We all know that we grew up in middle-class America. Now, Nas grew up in the projects. Nori is from Queens. Nori grew up in the projects. That's a different part of Queens. Southside Jamaica, Queens is a different part of Queens. There are projects and there are hoods in Queens. But I grew up in an area, Cambria Heights, Laurelton, Queens Village, that was not considered the hood. Run DMC is from Hollis Avenue, Jamaica, Queens. Bad stuff started happening over there at a certain point, but for the most point, most part, excuse me, that was also considered the suburbs. It depends on really where you got there. If you got into Queens in the 70s like we did, it was gorgeous, it was beautiful. It was mostly white Americans that lived there. The white Americans started moving out of Queens Village and the Hollis area once we started migrating from the city and from Brooklyn into those areas. Some of those houses now, I saw when I was home, y'all, some of the houses are going for $700,000, $600,000, $650,000. My mother and father paid $22,000 for the house that we live in right now. My mother's house now is worth almost $700,000 on the market. This was a beautiful area that once we migrated into as African-Americans, the white people that were there started moving out because the realtors were actually going around, and this is true, telling them that their property value was going to go down because blacks and Latinos was moving into the neighborhood and they should sell their houses now and move further out into Long Island. And honestly, that's what a lot of them did. They moved across into Nassau County was Elmont started it. That was all white too until black people started moving in. So it was really, really nice. Now my thoughts on it is that we need to take and Even here in Chicago on the South side of the West side of Chicago, we need to make sure that we are politically involved and we need to make sure that we go to these meetings about zoning. Zoning is very important because that affects the aesthetics of any neighborhood that you live in. If you go down the street in any neighborhood that's considered the hood, you will see that your zoning is not what it's supposed to be. And they're going to a white neighborhood. White boys are not going to let you put a bodega in the middle of their damn block. They're not going to let you change your house into a tire shop or mechanic shop. They're not going to let you change your house into a daycare center in the middle of their block. Now, you go into any predominantly black neighborhood, you're going to see that all the time. And instead of us getting mad about the aesthetics of our neighborhood, you know what we do? Oh, oh, now I don't got to go all the way over to the boulevard to get my tire fixed. I can get it fixed right here. That's not what it's supposed to be about. It kills the aesthetic of of your neighborhood, which in turn kills the property value of your house that you work your ass off to get. We have to become more politically involved, especially when it comes to what goes on on that level, on the neighborhood level, on the local level. You got to become more politically involved. My brother lives in Valley Stream, New York. My brother lives like right on the corner of his block. Right there across starts the business zoning portion. Somebody wanted to open up a bar right there. They got together and shut that down. Why? Because my brother lives in the white area. They got together and they're motivated and they're involved in their community. They was like, nope, too close to school. We have too many children over here. We don't want that element over here. They shut it down. You could use that space for anything else, but... That town did not grant the liquor license, and that bar never got open. We think it's okay to open a bar right in the middle of the block. It'd be house, 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 or anybody can turn turn their house into a church. All of that stuff belongs in the commercial zoning part of your community. That's where it belongs, and every time I travel home and I look at how horrible my old neighborhood is starting to look, I get sick to my stomach, and it really, really bothers me because Queens was a paradise for people that were from more of a concrete jungle. We had a front yard. We had a backyard. We had grass. We had bushes. We had trees. Now they're tearing down all the old houses and putting up these two, three, four family houses, and now I got to play dibs on a parking spot in front of my mom's house. Every time... I pulled out from in front of my mom's house, y'all. I had to put a cone down there so nobody would park in my parking space because what used to be a one family home is now a three family home or four family home. It's just, it's ridiculous. And, And the people of that neighborhood are allowing it to happen. They are allowing this mess to happen. So on my way back to Chicago, I have to go right back to JFK airport it was ridiculous. I had to get on a bus. This is the first time I ever had to get on a bus to take me to my gate. I was like, what? It was crazy. It was it was crazy. I had to take two buses. I was already in the airport, already through security. I had to get two shuttle buses to take me to my gate. Thank God I was early for my flight because I'm used to walking through, going through security, and walk right to my gate and wait to board. Nope. I had to get on a shuttle bus to take me to my gate. I, could, I It was the weirdest trip in a long time. But it was also a fantastic trip. And the gist of my trip has a lot to do, unexpectedly to me, and y'all probably not going to believe it either, it had a lot to do with a television star and a rapper from Queens, New York, by the name of Action Bronson. And I'm going to tell y'all all about that coming up later on in this podcast. This is Come On, Son, the podcast. Stick around, y'all. I'll be right back. <laughs> Come on, son, son. What up, y'all? It's said Love, and I'm back with Come On, Son, the podcast. How's everybody doing? So I was just telling y'all a little bit about my, my old neighborhood and how things changed. And now let me tell you the reason I was absolutely in New York in the first place. Okay, as everybody knows, I've been telling y'all that I'm in Chicago, I'm in Atlanta, I'm back and forth. For the first time in my life, I don't even have a place that I call home. Well, my mother's house is still there, but it's not my house. For the first time in my life, well, is it the first time in my life? The second time in my life. This is the second time in my life that I don't have my own space, either in New Jersey or in New York City. Now when I go there, I got to stay with somebody. It's not my space okay i live in chicago and i live in atlanta georgia um so i was at home just chilling doing my one two regular day and i get a text message from my boy rob reef that i know from when i had um my show on sirius xm Right when I was on before they changed it, it was backspin, and then they changed it to Rock the Bells, and I had my own show there on Sirius XM. So I'm just chilling. I get a text from him, like, "What's up, man? How you been?" He's like, "Yo, you know I'm not there anymore. I'm 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 over at uh, Apple Music. I took your girl, Lady Shells. Lady Shells used to be my producer when I was at Sirius, and I took S Wit. S Wit is another producer that was at Sirius XM. They over here with me at um." Apple Music, I was like, hey, man, that's dope. He said, Action Bronson is trying to get in touch with you. Is it okay if I give him your number? I'm like, to myself, rapper Action Bronson? Action Bronson from, you know, Viceland and, you know, his travel show, Fuck That's Delicious, that, you know, the United, you know, the Untitled uh, Action Bronson show, well, all of that. Action Bronson's looking for me. Okay, I mean, dope. You know, what's up? Give him my number, and uh, let's exchange. You know, see what he wants. Whatever. I don't. I don't care. So, Action Bronson text messages me, and he introduces me to this guy named Roger Gatsman. Roger Gatsman is a curator of something that they had going on around the country called Beyond the Streets. I asked him what it was about. He showed me, uh, sent me a breakdown of everything that Beyond the Streets was about. Classic graffiti writers, classic television, classic movies, 100,000 square feet in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. He collaborates with Action Bronson on something. They had did something with the Beastie Boys and LL Cool J. He collaborates with Action Bronson on something that Action wants to do. And unbeknownst to me, Who's the Man is one of Action Bronson's favorite movies. Now, if you've never seen Who's the Man, Who's the Man is the uh, movie that Dre and I did that was released in 1993. It was fully shot in Harlem, all over Harlem. And it's about two barbers who are no good at being barbers who become police officers. And the who's who of hip hop at the time is in this movie. Everybody, Bernie Mac is in this movie. Queen Latifah, Salt and Pepper, Yo Yo, Lynn Q, D Nice, KRS One. Um, Chauncey is played by Ice T, Moni Love, Bushwick Bill, Run DMC, Melly Melon Scorpio, Stretch from the Live Squad. Um, just a little bit of everybody is in this movie. And unbeknownst, at the time it was dubbed that Who's the Man, the First Hip Hop, Who Done It? Chris Cross is in the movie. i um, it's so like a little bit of everybody, um, so Action Bronson actually wants to do a screening of Who's the Man at this gigantic gallery in Brooklyn for Beyond the Streets, and um, invited me to come out um, and do a question and answer period after the movie, and I'm like, sure. You know, I'm in Chicago. It was going to be on a Thursday. I was like, I could come after work. You guys got to fly me out, whatever, whatever. They agree. Fly me out. Um, You know, first I had to see if I could find somewhere to work in New York on Friday morning back into Chicago. And that worked out because we have um, Intercom is a big company. And Intercom and Radio.com has radio stations all all over it. And WFAN in New York happens to be one of their radio stations. So I could just go to FAM Friday morning and work from there. So I get into town on Thursday after I got off work. I flew into New York. You know, go stay with my mom, see what's going on, hit the Ave, buy some T shirts. You know, my usual one two. Go get me a beef patty from the beef patty place. Ladies standing there at the beef patty place, always, always, always begging. Same lady. Ask me for money every single time. I said, lady, I don't give you so much money, you should be able to buy a car by now. I'm like, come on. Oh, I need car fare to get home. Lady, why do you keep coming up here if you keep needing car fare? It's a, it's a scam, y'all. Y'all know what it is. So that night, all my boys come out, and we go to the screening of who's the man. Now, I had talked to T-Money. Um, They used to be on your MTV Rats with us. And I asked him, did Dre know? And he was like, yeah. But he didn't think Dre was coming. So I'm sitting there, and I, I see Bronson. We have we have a conversation. And uh, Dre, they surprised me. And Dre came. I didn't even know Dre was coming. It was such an emotional experience for me. I can't even really put it into words how much it meant to me. And it was full. I mean, the screening was full. There was not an empty seat in that screening. It was such a wonderful thing. It, I mean, follow me on Instagram at Ed Lover. I'll post some pictures of it. Um, I was hoping to have some audio on it, the question and answer. Once I get the audio, um, that I'll play it back from y'all so y'all can hear it. But I just wanted to say thank you to Action Bronson. And I also wanted to, to uh, say thank you to Roger Gatsman, Um And everybody that came out for the screening of Who's the Man, it really kind of put the band back together. For a long time, people have been asking about why we haven't done a Who's the Man 2 with with the modern-day rap artists in it. It's something that we're really, really working on right now, something that we want to bring forward and bring forth another Who's the Man. It's a classic movie. Uh, It came out in 1993. And um, being from Queens... And Action Bronson being from Queens, New York, it really touched my heart, man. Like, here's, here's a guy that's doing his thing, that has the millennials. You know, he he got 1.6 million people following him on Instagram. And it was just wonderful to see him, you know, bring us into his world. And, you know, me and Dre, man, we over 50. So it's not like, you know, we got the millennials anymore. I mean, you know, not anymore. I never had them but it's just cool that a dude like that can appreciate the work that you've do, that you done in the past. And it's, and it's weird because you just never know who's watching. Like, you really never know who's watching at all. You know, you never know. And Action Bronson, man, at one point, to be quite honest with you, I didn't even really know if I liked Action Bronson because Bronson had a little bit of beef with one of my favorite members of the Wu-Tang, which is Ghostface Killer if y'all remember, if you know anything about Action Bronson. So it's just weird, man, that things come full circle. Like this cat out of Flushing Queens decides to reach back and say, hey, I want to do this over here, and I want to do it with Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. I don't take that stuff for granted. Like when you've been in this as long as I've been in it, you don't really think, you know, when somebody says, hey, what's up to you or, somebody wants to take your picture, you're grateful for it because they don't have to. You could be just another tidbit in somebody's life or a forgotten part of, you know, nobody has to treat you the way people still treat me 30 years later. And I really, really appreciate that from Action Bronson, man. Like, it is absolutely wonderful, and it touched me so deeply that this guy would say, out of anything that he could have did, Hundred thousand square feet, y'all. At anything that he could have did there, he decided that his favorite movie was Who's the Man, a movie that came out in nineteen ninety three. This dude was born in eighty three, so he was ten when the movie came out, and that's still his favorite hip hop movie of all time. And he did a screening. We did a question and answer after that. Dre, myself, with Action Bronson. I'll get that audio for y'all, and I'll play a clip of it on a later podcast. It was it was beautiful, man. It was just it was beautiful, and it really, really, really touched my soul. So once again, big shout out to Action Bronson for making my trip to New York more than worthwhile. I got to chill with my fam, I had to see my moms, my sister, my brother, my niece. Everything was all good, and I really, really enjoyed myself. I got to sit with my boys in my boy backyard and watch the fight, the Errol Spence and Shawn. Uh, Part of Fight, which was a great fight. If you missed it, you know, make sure you check it out. But thanks again, Action Bronson. Thanks, Dr. Dre, T-Money, Kurt Flirt, everybody that came out, Charlie Stetler, the band is back together, man. And before it's all said and done, there will be another Who's the Man too, And Action Bronson will be a part of it, man. All right? Y'all stick around. Coming up, my come on, son, of the week. it's on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Come on, son, son. What up? What up? What up? Y'all know what it is. We're back with Come On, Son, the podcast. It's me, your boy, your boy, 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 and lover. And it's time for Come On, Son. So let's get to it. Six nine. Come on, son. Six nine. Got on TMZ and said that he is aware of the comments that fellow rappers have been making about him following his snitching-ass testimony on former non-trade Gangsta Blood associates. However, people that are close to 6'9 claim that he is not concerned about the hate he's receiving from snitching. In fact, he thinks once he's released from prison, everybody's going to forget. And he also thinks that he's going to be more popular than ever following his release from prison, he thinks everybody wants to work with him again, and he thinks they're envious and threatened. But he plans to surpass them when he gets out of prison and returns to making music. When is this gonna be? Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, Takashi Six Nine. Do you really think, you know how long your ass is going to be in prison, bro? What you think? You're going to get a year and a half and you coming home and you're just going to resume your role of being hot with you? L- I didn't think he was hot from the first place, son. Come on, son. You was never a good rapper to me, bro. So if these people embrace you, they stupid, okay? Did you learn anything from Bobby Shmurda, son? Did you learn anything from Slick Rick, son? Slick Rick was not, and Slick Rick was on top of the world when he went to prison. Bobby Smyrna had the hottest record in the street when he went to prison. Nobody's thinking about you musically, 6ix9ine. All they're thinking about is the fact that you're a snitch. So if you think musically you're gonna be more popular when you come out of prison, come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. And speaking of bullshit, I didn't even know that Spider Man. And, and Marvel had problems. Sony and Marvel had problems. So they was going to take Spider-Man out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Are, are you dumb? Are you dumb? So the Sony and Marvel will be co-producing the next installment of Spider-Man. Spider-Man will appear in another Marvel film. Thank God. When that breakup was first announced, everybody was devastated. And Tom Holland, who plays Spidey, he didn't, he didn't say anything directly about the issue. But his feelings was clear. Because he got a new movie coming out called Onward. And he said, um, it's been a crazy week. But I want to let everybody know that he was grateful. And he loves everybody and all of that. So now it's crystal clear, y'all. There's going to be another Spider-Man movie within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Come on, son. Sony, I know you didn't think you could do Spider-Man without Marvel, bro. You have got to be kidding me, son. You've got to be kidding me. And speaking of people that's kidding me, McDonald's, come on, son. McDonald's, first you see the Impossible Burger at Wendy's. Then you see the Beyond Burger at Burger King. And now you're trying to do a meatless burger, at McDonald's? McDonald's. Come on, son. What you going to call it, a McMeatless Don't nobody want to eat a McMeatless, son. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. Stick to what y'all know how to do. Remember what happened every time that you step outside of your comfort zone, McDonald's. Stick to the quarter pounder with cheese and the french fries, okay? Stick to what you know how to do. Stop everybody, and this goes for all you fast food restaurants. Stop trying to go outside of what you know how to do. See, IHOP is back to running commercials, son. All right, for breakfast because they tried to get into the burger game didn't work out for them. So McDonald's, come on, son. I know you want some of that vergie, ve- veggie money, but son, stick to what you know how to do. The McMeatless, the McLight. What are you gonna call it, bro? The McPlant? We don't want. We don't want to eat a McPlant. We don't want it. Okay. We want double cheeseburgers, we want quarter pounders with cheeses and Big Macs. We don't we didn't like to mick rib. So what makes you think we want to make plant from you? Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit, bro. And speaking of BS, Kanye West, man, come on. Jesus is king, bro. I'm waiting for this, bro. My producer Krista went to the screening. she saw the movie. She heard part of the album, son. Now you pulling the album back Then you told me it was gonna be released at at midnight the other day. I'm sitting there waiting to download this joint. I heard you over here on my side, you done came to Jesus. You done changed your life around. Jesus is king is the name of the album. It's supposed to be fire, real, real spiritual, real God-fearing, real gospel influence, son. And you pulling the album back, son? Kanye, I wasn't with you for a long time, son. But because you came to Jesus, son, I'm giving you a chance. Stop holding the album up, okay? And while you're at it, wear something else besides sweatsuits all the time, son. You're starting to look like a frumpy middle-aged woman, son. Your head is already big, son. And I'm telling you this out of love, all right? Bring me this Jesus is King album, son. And once I get it, son, I'm reviewing it, son. Come on, son. Stop tweaking everything, son. You've been making us wait. You made the announcement. Now, let's go, man. And if this album don't come out by the next time I do, come on, son. And I see you here in Chicago at Harold's Chicken, I'm stepping to you, son. All right, I'm stepping to you, son. So come on, son. Hurry up with the album, son. And before I get out of here, I just want to say a rest in peace to Teddy Brookshot from Shotters. If you've never seen the movie Shotters, come on, son, to you. It goes by the name of Louis Rankin, And if y'all remember Louis Rankin's big hit typewriter in the 90s, he's a damn good reggae artist, and he died in a car crash in Canada. So all heads down, all dreadlocks down, light up a spliff on Sinsamilia from back in the days, or Kush, or Blueberry, Strawberry, Raspberry, whatever you smoke, and put one up in the air for the late, great Louis Rankin, who passed away. Come on, son. We need more... OGs like Louis Rankin, aka Teddy brookshot in this world. I'm Ed Lover. This is Kibbard, son. And I'm done. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. And y'all, keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you next Tuesday on another episode of Kibbard, son. Love y'all. I'm out. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Sun, the podcast, is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.
0: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone.